folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Derby, are you there? Hava? Hava? All right, so we got a little bit of a connection issue with, with Hava. Um, I wanted to do a kind of short memorial for Barbara Luttrell. Barbara Luttrell was a local activist. She worked in both um, political and non-political sort of do-good organizations. Um, she was a great lady, very, very nice person, um, and, and and very decent in all her relations. We, you know, we had her on the show for six six times over the years, starting in 2011. Um, she died on the 4th of July, and um, we just wanted to have a, a short shout-out to her. And, of course, um, what can we say? I mean, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. And so the, Sedona has lost a really excellent voice from, you know, lots of different perspectives, uh, political, non-political, I guess you used to call it do-gooder stuff that she was involved in. Hava, are you there? We had trouble a minute ago. I'm here. You hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. We, yeah. And I tried to talk to you earlier, you know, you weren't there or you were there, but you weren't there. on, you weren't connected. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you're connected. So Hava's calling in from Phoenix. I'm here in the studio this morning, and we want to talk about uh, Republican evil in the, same, in the sense that Google's uh, slogan is don't do evil. So we want to talk about Republican evil or uh, some of the things going on in the Republican Party. And you know, I've been a lot, around a lot longer than Hava, and I've seen the changes from the old Republican Party and the, the conservatives I used to – debate with and argue with in uh, in college where we were friends to the pro to the current absolute polarization and um and hatred so hava what what aspect of of right wing particularly far right wing and um and far right wing republican um activities do you want to discuss what what's your take on it well, you know, back uh, last week, all last week, uh, we, you know, the show was about what's going on with the GOP and some of the legislative stuff, uh, national stuff. Um, in researching that show, I was really fascinated by how the brains of voters are different, um, that we can really look at the brains of conservatives and liberals and see major differences. Now, of course, we can't get super black and white with these things. There's nuances, of course. There's um, other factors. There's epigenetics. But it's really interesting when they found um, these differences. I'll break them down for you a little bit. So the conservative brain has uh, a light, uh, a larger right amygdala, which processes emotional information, mostly fear-based. So it's kind of an... Uh, invokes the, the fight or flight or the sympathetic nervous system. So when information comes in, it's processed through um, uh, the need to feel safe, um, 
Um, so that's more the bend. So you look at conservatives, they do tend to vote or move on issues of safety protection. Um, they're, they're very much more um, successful with um, loyalty, with, um, this is another thing, stability. Um, obviously, they have a more of a religious uh, filter through which they make decisions and interface with the world. Um, you know, John Bard from Yale did some wonderful studies, and um, you know, there's been some studies around um, visual um, response to um, images. Um, and the conservative side has more of a negativity bias. They remember negative images when you give them a, a series of images and they recall. They have a very strong negative bias. They can recall the negative images very well. And then on the other side, the liberals um, tend to have a larger, what's called anterior um, cingulate gyrus, which is responsible for taking in new information. Um, and they tend to be more progressive and love change. So they base their decision on new information. They like to take in new information and therefore, you know, find their uh, decision or, or their, the way they're going to approach something based on new information. They love science, obviously. Um, and so it's been really interesting to look at these brain differences um, because we can see, well, there, uh, let, me, let me dive in a little, let me give you a little bit of science here because this was really interesting. What they found was that you have a 71% rate of prediction of, of, of political leanings based on the structure of the brain. So I talked about the amygdala and the uh, uh, cingulate gyrus. Um, you can get a 69.5% rate of prediction if you look at how someone's parents vote or lean in their, um, in their politics. But what was interesting is that you could get an 82%. And, of course, when you look at 71%, that's a pretty large number of, you know, you can't really tell what's happening, you know, 29%, you can't make that prediction based on just brain structure. What they found was that um, you can make up 82%, and you get your, your prediction right 82% of the time looking at brain activity. So putting somebody in uh, an MRI and scanning the brain during a risky behavior. So this was really interesting. And... Um, yeah, so the you know conservatives they light up more in that amygdala, fight or flight, and liberals are uh, you know more social awareness. So those parts of the brain get that that deal with social awareness are stronger. So it's really interesting too. And so when you started the show with uh, you know evil, it, it's kind of um, I found it very um, I don't know there was something very uh, bonding about looking at how just somebody's brain can affect how they um, react to the world. And it's not so much a, a, a hate thing, it's more of a fear. You know, they, they base their decisions on protection and survival, you know, protecting the clan, religious reasons. So it's been really fascinating to kind of get more of a neutral view of us as voters, as um, 
people involved in our community. It's been really fascinating. So does this go all the way over to the far left and the far right? Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. one question. So it's not yeah. just conservatives and liberals. It's uh, left and and uh, radical right. Same mm-hmm. brain pattern exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the other question is, of course, I've known very authoritarian liberals, and I've known very they're yeah. very famously friendly, but but very uh, the brains are very closed, and they're as dogmatic as as we picture conservative. Yeah. In, yeah, and so there is yeah. variation, and then of course I've known you know very uh, open conservatives who are willing to discuss things and stuff. So it's not an absolute thing, right? No, no. I and mean, you look at children, and they could predict pretty well that you know the more fearful children ended up being more conservative in their voting. And there's some studies where they, twenty years after um, you know working with some kids finding out how they, you know, reacted to the world. The more fear-based children eventually became more conservative. Um, so we kind of look at all the way back to how the kids, you know, interacting on the playground or, or in their families. And, of course, this all comes down, too, to learn uh, uh, learn or, or what's, the, what's the term I'm looking for? Learn or, um, you know, you're either born with it or you learn it. Right. Um, so inherited. So they... The conclusion, I guess, social scientists is is there is inherent, inherited aspect of people's political orientation, right? And it has yeah. a lot. There's a lot of other factors, according to uh, most social scientists, but there's actually an inherited factor, and this is fairly new. The last twenty, thirty years, nobody uh, looked at it. Nobody thought, well, maybe there people are just wired differently. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it 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 have it it. Uh, corresponds to what you see politically the i spent my entire life in the conservatives were worried about uh, uh integration was going to destroy things they got their most of their support for the cold war i wondered what they were going to do when the cold war stopped because that was their their big issue that was a fear issue uh integration immigrant uh um all these issues are were kind of based on fear and and sort of still are mm-hmm. and uh you know you kind of once the soviet empire was gone and you had a, a weakened russia i thought you know what are they going to do but they found something else to to work, to to do and that's largely was something we'll talk a little bit later it's kind of culture wars mm-hmm. um, as a substitute for um um the straight fear-based stuff about foreigners, about uh, uh, the communists. Uh, they got such mileage out of that. Hava, before yeah, the- well, it, it really, um, I don't know about you, but to, to hear, you know, that, that we're just wired differently, really um, quite uh, interesting to me to to, to see that, uh, I don't know, just kind of humanized the, uh, the the landscape a bit for me to, 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 to hear this uh, information. I think that that's great. I mean, what I see in society is almost a cyclopean vision. A cyclops has one eye looking at mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. one lens oh, looking yep. at the world. And what we really don't have is a kind of, you know, a kind of stereoscopic, a, a broader vision of things so that, mm-hmm. so that, so that it is important for liberals to understand where uh, conservatives are coming from what's behind a lot of their arguments 
And uh, I think that's that's important, but also just to understand, you know, other people. But, of course, then we're two liberals talking, and we think that's important. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of talking, you know, it's really uh, quite a, a, a great tool belt to have this information with us when we're dealing with somebody that has a more conservative um, bed. You know, we can really take that in consideration how we process information and you know, for instance, speaking with a conservative friend, I can appeal more to uh, the subject that, that I'm talking about. If I frame it around it, um, how it deals with safety or um, tradition, loyalty, if I can frame it in a more emotional way with a conservative, I might have more leeway. And a conservative Speaking with a liberal might present information that's new, it's novel information, it's based in science. Um, I know there are ways, that's really interesting if people dive into this, there's ways we can speak to each other that kind of touch upon our more uh, vulnerable, you know, uh, interfaces with, with each other and, and politics. Um, I'm certainly going to look at it differently now. Um. I think that just to go for a minute over to sort of culture wars, which are now the mm-hmm. defining uh, break. And uh, the, fir- the term was coined in 1991 by a um, um, social scientist at the University of Virginia. Back then and in many countries, culture wars is still the conflict between rural population and urban population. They have mm-hmm. different ideas and different perspectives. The re- rural population has one, and the urban, and that's still true of our, our of our culture here. In that, the, the Democrats are concentrated in the cities, um, and Republicans are concentrated in the the, the uh, hitherlands into rural areas. The issues change, but you know, abortion, gun laws, immigration. Um, foreign affairs, uh, LBG uh-huh. stuff, and the right sees all these things as, as, as a threat. And um, so I think that, that there's a really interesting uh, uh, social scientist, and Jonathan Haidt, and he wrote a famous essay in, in 2008, and he was a liberal, and he went to India. And he looked at how morality was in a traditional culture in, in, in India, where the emphasis was on survival, the family above all else, a lack of concern. Uh, starting with John Locke and uh, Western philosophers, uh, uh, a lot of uh, American thinking is best on the, based on the greatest good for the greatest number. Uh-huh. and maximizing personal freedom. We want everybody to have their maximum personal freedom as long as it doesn't impinge or destroy the, the right. coherence of the whole. And so we went there, and, and they have a culture where the, you know, the women serve the men, and then they go out of sight. Uh, he had a personal servant. It's hierarchical. It's, uh, it's uh, structured so that... Uh, uh, there's a there's a hierarchy, and I know from from talking to people. I remember I was talking to um, a diplomat, a fairly high ranking diplomat in New York, but he came from a Bedouin family. And I said, "How do you like being a diplomat?" And he said to me, "It's like working for your father. 
And I said, that doesn't so, sound so bad. And he said to me, he paused for a long time. He said, like working for a patriarch. He said, when you're a Bedouin, your father tells you to take the sheep, you know, to the market and sell them for a certain price. You don't have any choice. He tells the other son to take the other sheep over to this pasture or this one to go to that pasture. It's a hierarchical, it's absolute, and it's a way of surviving in an extremely difficult environment. But it means that, that you don't have much personal choice. You don't get to decide, negotiate, decide what the sheep are sold for and stuff. Right. And what we see in our much more complex societies are, are things like that, where a lot of traditional societies is based on survival. And it's like an army. Um, early American Revolution, they experimented with the militias. Militias were sometimes very good. But the, you know, the militias uh, elected their officers. They decided when they came to fight when George Washington hated them, you know, because he couldn't control them and they didn't do well in fighting an organized authoritarian British um, army. And so most armies are based on a completely authoritarian top down structure. Uh, doesn't necessarily be though good. I mean, you can look at the, the French army before World War One. And you've got a you've got a system where the hierarchy is not protective; it's actually extremely destructive. But what what Haight found was that there was it was a different moral system, and I think you see it in our modern conservatives. I don't know what what your take is, but but the emphasis on family is uh-huh, yeah you know, uh-huh. is family control order. And, and the thing you were raising earlier is sort of defense and protection. And mm-hmm. he, what he found with conservatives, they had a very different value system. So liberals are interested, again, in like freedom, justice. So when we look at something like the, the South with segregation and stuff, we look at the South in a couple of ways. First, mainly we look at it as unfair, unjust, and immoral segregation, right? Mm-hmm. Slavery, mm-hmm. In, immoral bad yeah. you know, you know yeah. it's just really strong feeling but it's also in the, in the liberal point of view it breaks down the unity of the country if you have millions of people who are being discriminated against and mistreated it's not a good process in terms of national unity mm-hmm. same way with immigrants immigrants come into the country if you mistreat them and discriminate against them and talk down about them, and even this talking down about somebody constantly, these stereotypes were destructive, and they were destructive a lot for um, uh, European, you know, stereotypes about Poles, about Italians and stuff. All these things are extremely destructive. So it, it to liberals, it's, it's more about justice and fairness and yeah. about unity and uh, uh, Second, and, and I think the conservative is more about having unity, having organization, having structure. Yeah, and fairness is second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I, when I talked and argued with conservatives back in the 60s, I was in the civil rights movement, uh, they thought it would bring disorder and chaos to have black people and white people being equal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a different mindsets, a different set of values. And so what Haight did was he began to understand where conservatives were coming from, what was important to them. 
Um, our emphasis, and I think we we both have it on justice and rights and the welfare of people, which just mm-hmm. comes out of the Enlightenment, is not necessarily what they're interested in. And when he looked at traditional morality, um, he found that they restrict people's rights, sexual rights. They encourage a hierarchy that means you're on the top or the bottom, the conformity to gender roles, your amazing amount of time in ritual practices, religious, religious practices. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's very different from our, our enlightenment ideas, which I think are still – I don't think most liberals are aware of it. still percolate through. I, what's your take on it? Um, my take on conservatives and – well, how do we bridge? All right. So right now, what what they found is in one of the recent articles I was reading is that nothing seems to matter in terms of the division, the political division. It's like 53 uh, percent uh, Democratic and sort of liberal and moderate and 46 percent or whatever it is, conservative. And that doesn't seem to change based on facts. So Biden's. Um, Success in 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 controlling COVID, he gets high marks for it. You know, fifty some odd percent people think he's done a good job, but it doesn't affect the division of the countries. And it starts really, I think, with Trump. You know, the minute Trump ridiculed um, a reporter for his physical disability, uh-huh. Republicans didn't seem think that was important or or anything wrong with it. But on the on the moral scale, that's ridiculing someone for their physical disabilities. They can, is, you know, that's taught as being evil, even when you're in ch- a kid, right? Right. I mean, it's a real violation of 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 our our informal morality. Decency. <laughs> yeah, a decency. It's indecent. Yeah. yeah. It didn't affect support for Trump, one yeah. way or the other. And a whole series of all the things, and Trump's a good example, there's lots of others, all the things that Trump did um, it didn't affect the support much one way or the other. It was well, kind of locked I think in. more the Trumpism that people are supporting, not the person. You know, like Trump just fills the Trumpian uh, need, you know, so it's not so much him and his personality and what he does. It's that, uh, you know, conservatives want Trumpism. I think that's true. I do think that leadership can take people in good directions or bad directions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at, you know, um, Roosevelt during World War II. He handled the office of presidency well with all his flaws and all his all the things that he had going against him. He handled the office well. Uh, we ended up with a Roosevelt and the Russians end up with a Stalin. It, it, leadership mm. does to me, uh, Haba, make a difference. How much yeah. difference Trump as a person has been able to warp the conservatives into a nastier place is something that we can talk about. But Yeah, well, I, it's interesting that they get to do it out loud or, you know, out, out, they can say the quiet parts out loud now. You know, that's what Trump has uh, emboldened um, because I think his principles and, and what he brings to the table is really speaks to the agenda of, of, the, of the right. Um, so, yeah, he's not a savory character, but he speaks to, you know, what the, 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 the right would like to see happen in our in our country. So he's played to fears, just like the Republicans oh, yeah. in the past, but in more yeah. extreme ways. So immigration. There's a caravan coming up. Right. He played to fears about in every in every area. 
Um, yeah. Some of his is like personally bizarre, his hatred of the Europeans generally. Uh, but a lot of it is playing on the same sorts of fears, you know, um, you know, uh, minority groups. Uh, they're going to take away your guns. Uh, they're going to be abortion on them. All the stuff he said that was yeah. really un- untrue. The fact that it was untrue, to me, Hava, doesn't seem to have had any effect on it. It's the fact that it no. played into what people wanted to think. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So it's, we're in a, a complex situation where the, the break in the culture has become the polarization. Uh, I know that you've seen this. The polarization has become stronger and stronger. And, I, and what you were talking about earlier, our ability to to reach out and talk to the other side has gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I I think what we're seeing is is, is basically uh besides the brains issues which has contributed, we're seeing a different set of values. Conservatives okay. value strength, uh organization, authority, family. Uh they believe the society is built up from families. Uh, liberals probably think the same thing, but they think that what a family is can have very different definitions. You know, right. you can we have two men with a, a, yeah. Yeah, so we tend to think of, of the world as our global family. You know, like when we use the word family, it's not as much of an insular um, description. You know, we tend to expand our, our, our definition of family, I think, a bit more, less traditional. I think that's an important point because the, in, among conservatives, the them and us concept is much stronger. Mm-hmm. They see them mm-hmm. or us, and I think, you know, I think as a, you know, as a, uh, you can see that in some of the reaction to the modern world from, from particularly from white men who see their position in society um, being undercut. They're privileges being undercut i mean you look at biden cabinet and uh liberals go oh it's wonderful look how diverse it is look at all those women in there look at all those minorities in there but i think from perspective of of people that i've known on the right every woman every minority is a white male who's not in the position and they look at it as a zero-sum game at least that's my impression and Mm -hmm. And if you think that, then maybe the sort of violent support of of Trump, um, it's hard to me to understand because when hate's writing is 2008 and the the full nature of Trumpian conservatism hadn't emerged, um, I I look at it and wonder. The thing when when I was young, conservatives were very interested in tradition. And liberals were interested in improving things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that was that was a divide. They were traditionalists, and we were open to different changes. Sexual liberation, we thought it was probably a good idea. They, whatever they actually did uh, politically, they thought it was a bad idea. And you could go down the whole list. And I don't know. I I. What I see in the Trumpians, in, in the Trumpian Republican Party is something different. They're not really conservatives. They're not trying to conserve our institution. They're, right. they play, they play, uh, 
they act like the family is important to them, but their families are basically not any different except in the fundamentalist uh, era uh, groups than than liberal families. It's their structure. Well, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but the, their structures are pretty much the same. Right. And, um, yeah. I had a friend yeah. who got married in a, a very uh, conservative. Um, fundamentalist church and a speech at the the wedding was the man rules the man calls the shots the woman obeys the man and then when you look at the actual marriage the woman is much stronger personality she's calling okay. really the shots so uh, you know there's one ideology and there's done the the actual reality and right and you have people who sound very liberal and speak for liberal things but in their organization of say their political group or their business, they're as authoritarian as, as anybody on the right. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's really interesting, too, when you look at uh, this paradox of the conservatives really wanting to preserve the unit and, um, you know, safety. It's very linear. And you look at the liberal side that wants to make change um, and take the, the whole into consideration but then you look at how they, they, they work, and conservatives are so much more successful at staying on message, at um, organizing, at making things happen. We're on the other side, you know, as liberals, it just, there's more chaos. There's, there's, it's less linear. There's not, you know, a goal and a making it happen and, you know, success. It's, it's, um, there's too much, uh, infer, Liberals like to take in too much information, but there's not uh, the organization you see from the, 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 the right, from the conservative side. It's really interesting. It, it, it needs to be the other way around. <laughs> or at least the liberals need to be a little more uh, uh, able to, um, you know, stay on task and to, um, to work together. I noticed it when I was 18 and in college that the conservative groups fought with each other a lot less. They didn't have long discussions. And, right, and, yeah. And we, I, I, we spent months doing a constitution for our organization that just never was at any play. <laughs> and, and liberals were just sort of all over the place. And the conservatives yeah. were so singular they weren't yeah. arguing about a lot of stuff. They right. and it made them in a lot of ways more effective. And I, I you know, since it's, it's been a few years since I was, you know, eighteen years old, but I don't think that's changed. I mean, I think no, yeah. I mean, you look at the discipline of the Republican Party versus the discipline yeah. of the Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Really interesting. And it was interesting, too, to, in some of these studies, and I wish, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Um, I didn't write it down in my, my notes here, but um, some of the, the studies was really interesting. One particular eye tracking, so they mm. were showing pictures to liberals and, and conservatives. Of course, these are self-described liberals and conservatives. Um, and they showed on the picture where attention went most on each side. And, for instance, there was a picture of um, uh, of two cops um, arresting somebody. So you don't see faces. They've got them blurred out. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see the point where the the eye went to. Um, Nobody looked at the gun, which was very interesting. But there was a cane on the floor. And the liberals looked at the cane. Like, oh, look, somebody, this this poor person that can't even walk without assistance, they look at the cane. So that colors their perception. Um, 
the conservatives went to emblems of authority. So they looked at the, the you could see where they were looking at the um, patches, um, badges, um, <clears throat> and the liberals looking at the person on the floor and looking at their um, their eyes. Um, so it's really interesting where it's not even so much a learned thing or a brain. It's, it's you know, we don't differ on interpretation. We just differ on perception. So we're even seeing things differently. Um, even like one of these really interesting pictures was a spider on a face. Mm. And you look at where the, the eyes go, and the, the left looks more at the threat. So they, they're, they're looking at the spider, and the liberals were looking at the eyes like looking at the person's response. Hmm. So it's really interesting when we even get into how we see things on a, on a tangible level. Um, so I, I find this stuff really heartening that we can maybe have a little more empathy for how uh, each other, you know, of course the left has a little more ability to, to be empathetic in, in, in uh, these things because we're not so singularly focused, but I found that research really fascinating. We just see things differently. I, I what I see a lot. Uh, what's emerged over the Trump years is a. Uh, originally, the liberals looked at it and said, "Oh, we weren't. We didn't talk to those people enough. That's why they're voting against." And then they said, um, "It's because they are economically disadvantaged, and that's why they're they're moving to extreme things." Um, the new thinking is that there's a couple of factors. Uh, one is the person is kind of dislodged from their life or upset in their life. It could be being fired, a divorce, both, uh, moving to a new place, a failure here, a uh, uh, misunderstanding there. And that seems to open them to recruitment by extreme groups. And so mm-hmm. one one thing is people got to dislodge from their normal life. Secondly is there's available recruitment by the far right, either an individual or online. And so that there's several factors that build up that end people in the, uh, in the, in the far right groups. And they're talking about like militia groups and stuff like that. And, um, they're using models like the same model of, 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 of infections to see if that works. Um, as an aside, one of my jobs in college was photographing people's eye, eyeballs <laughs> when uh-huh. I was in graduate school. And um, we photographed their eyeballs, and then the uh, uh, psychologist put a bunch of pictures and stuff on there. And we, wa- we watched uh, – you can photograph people's eye movements very carefully, so I understand how they did the study you're talking about. Very yeah. interesting because it's more content-oriented than the stuff that I worked on, which was really – you know, does a red ball attract, you know, more eye movements or, you know, something like that. Right. Um, how do we, how do we, what, what's happening is things, frankly, are getting more and more polarized, worse and worse. Seems to me Republicans, that's why I think leadership is important. I think if we had good conservative leadership, we wouldn't have the crazy extremism that Trump's brought to the absolute denial of reality, the systematic, go ahead. Like who do you, when you, when you say that, like we just, we need more of a compassionate conservative leadership, I would say, um, who do you see in the party that, you know, if we're, we're saying that next year's the election, um, who's somebody you see on, on the conservative side that you think would do a, balanced job of running the country from a more conservative viewpoint 
you know, Mitt Romney, Romney comes yeah. comes to mind. Yeah, um, me too. Um, yeah. Um, there's there's not many, and maybe I haven't looked carefully enough, Hava, um, for. But you know, Lynn Cheney is about as right wing as you can get. But she has mm-hmm. ethics, right? She has ethics. You look at right. you know, uh, you look at uh, several of the people uh, um, that have quit and unable to run. A lot of Republicans, yep. if they won't become Trumpist, they go quietly. They right. they don't yep. really run for office again. They don't give big loud speeches and denunciations. They just kind of opt out of the Republican Party. And we're seeing a lot of people opt out of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see I don't see anyone that could get um, any leverage on the Republican Party. I don't see sane conservatives. I keep appealing for sane conservatives to run against the crazies. And they just, <laughs> you know, well, I would talk to, to one fellow and this was, you know, all off air. And I said, you know, why don't you run for that job? The, the guy is crazy. And, you know, you're a sane Republican conservative. And he said, I just can't get out of the primaries. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's stopping them. They cannot get out of the primaries to run in the general election where they would have a chance at defeating a, a maybe not so uh, competent liberal. Um, they just can't get out of the, of the thing. And the Republican Party is now just so, you know, entrained by Trump. And this is very similar, I'm afraid, to some of the worst stuff uh, where – Conservative groups, uh, conservative organizations that people get taken over um, by real extremists. I mean, you can see it in Germany. Yeah. You can see it in Italy. You see it in now in Turkey and in Russia where extreme authoritarians use um, the mechanisms of the state to eliminate opposition and to kind of, of take over. Mm-hmm. But uh, – but you need a demagogue. I mean, and, and I, you know, one of my co-hosts and stuff and friends used to yell at me when I said, Donald Trump is a really talented demagogue. I mean, he's, yeah. he has a real he's talent a good, for yeah, it. Yeah, good description. It's demagogue. visceral. It's visceral. Yeah. He knows what people are afraid of instinctually. And he yeah. knows what their secret hatreds are. You know, yeah. they want a reason. To- yeah, go ahead. This man, this man was a Democrat. He was very liberal in his in his uh, politics before, you know, before that, before becoming president. Or I'm talking about years ago. Years and years ago, it was hard to know what he was because he was in the in Manhattan, and so Manhattan has almost no Republicans. Um, I was in front of a famous delicatessen one time, and and uh, there was a Republican conservative passing out literature. And this woman walked up and said, "What are you doing here? This is the Upper West Side." So, <laughs> <laughs> to some extent, Trump had to be a Democrat and liberal in his early days. Exactly. Yeah. And kind of going with the reading the room. <laughs> it's the contradictions. If you're looking for somebody who who was a good family man, you look to Obama. You look to Biden. Um, if you look for for bad family men, you look at Trump and 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 and, yeah, and Clinton. Yeah. And yeah. the truth is that the the the, the people, you know, I wonder what uh, if Obama had not been black and not been a Democrat, I could 
just imagine the Republicans gushing over how a family man he was. He was he was uh, a personification of what it was like to be a good father and a good husband. Yeah. And they would have just gone on endlessly. But he was black and he was a Democrat. And so you never heard one single word um, by almost anybody because liberals wouldn't talk about it. And, and, and conservatives were the last thing they wanted to hear. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so thought about that way. So we've got how much have we got? We just got a few minutes left. So your take on this information about brain differences is really kind of moves you in a more compassionate, more understanding Absolutely. way toward conservative. Yeah. 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 Gives us a way of, of um viewing each other and um you're just kind of taking the emotion out of it, just seeing that we look at things differently, we process things differently, and now maybe we can approach each other knowing that um, there's a, just a different door to go through to connect and to hopefully change minds, change hearts, and, and work together. The, Love um, to see that. Um, I think the hardest thing, and i uh, reading the writer, for Democrats to understand is the authority respect part of the of the Republican mm-hmm. uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how this. I, it's hard to understand what's happened to the Republican Party now in tra- in terms of traditional conservatism, because basically the the most violent demagogue in pretty much American history has has taken over the party. Um, he's lost an election, but he's 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 bringing a really uh, evil by denying facts, you know, and yeah. by telling people that he won and uh, telling people this and that. It, it's all lies. It's all fantasies. It's just all yeah. made up. And he's pumping that into the American political system. It's kind of yeah. a it's kind of a poison. Uh, yeah. And it's not gone away just because he has has a reduced position. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's hope. At least I'm hoping that some of these indictments and uh, this uh, all this financial stuff that's coming out that um, we won't have to worry about them in 24. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's filled with a contradiction. All these fundamentalists who believe in family voting for the most, you know. <laughs> over the top um, disrespecter of family there was. I mean, the, right. the things are things are, are remain contradictory. But I think the contradictions reveal a kind of, uh, of underlying factual basis to the to the divisions, and whether yeah. it has to do with with brains or tradition. Um, there's two different sets of morality. There's the traditionalist mm-hmm. set of morality, which is hiding in the crazy Trump stuff. And there's the the liberal, um, you know, the greatest good for the greater its number. But it's also let's maximize everybody's personal freedom. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be gay, that's not really our business to have anything to do with it. You know, we just recognize you as stuff. Um, the conservative view says you want to be gay, you're undercutting our culture. You're destroying our unity. Right. You're acting in values. a mm-hmm. despicable manner. So it's just a very different take if you walk down the line. Yeah. yeah. So Interesting stuff. Okay. So next week uh, we're going to be discussing <laughs> the Arizona budget, which is monstrously uh, stupid and bad, as you folks, uh, as our liberal listeners anyway, can can believe. <laughs> um 
the problem with the Arizona budget is nobody knows what it is until well after yeah. it's done because a lot of the stuff, um, the worst stuff, is pumped in at the last minute. So yep. even the people following it really don't know. And the week after that, that we're going to discuss the um, reorganization of the um, uh, oh, redistricting. Yeah, redistricting, yes. Uh-huh. And we're going to have a, a local... Uh, city council person on it's uh, people may think it's boring it's very important you know how it things is. get redistricting yeah yep. you've been listening to democratic perspective brought to you by the verde valley independent democrats a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the verde valley sedona northern arizona and our nation at large catch us every monday morning after the 8 a.m news right here on am 780 kazm it's beautiful out there folks have a great day